Welcome to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Kick back and enjoy the musings of James, John, David, Joseph, and Ben, five brothers raised decades ago on a dysfunctional farm in western Idaho. Welcome back to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Today is September 20th. I am James. I'm John. I'm David. I'm Joseph. I'm Ben. All right. You'll notice right off that we've had some technological advances with our podcast this week in that Joseph's system and his uh, inclusion in the podcast is no longer on a standard phone line. But he has now got himself a headset, so his voice should sound a whole lot more clear than it has in the past. So, welcome uh, to this decade, Joseph. Wonderful to have you. I done, I done got some high speed internet. <laughs> it's cool. It sounds great. Uh, it really, really does sound great, and uh, that'll just that'll just make it all the easier to hear what you've got to say. Um, so this week. I was thinking back on some of the things that we've talked about in the past that were unique activities and or events that happened. They were kind of one-time only. They're interesting because they were something that happened just that one time or happened in isolation. Last week was a perfect example when we talked about close calls and injuries and things like that. Those were one-time events. That got me to thinking, well, certainly within our house, within the, within the time that we were growing up, there were activities that were not just one-time events, activities that happened on a periodic basis, things that, um, that were, were traditional. Not traditional in the sense that maybe uh, uh, you would think of like, oh, it's traditional to celebrate Thanksgiving. A lot of people do that, but there were a lot of things that we did in our household that were traditional in the sense that we did them on a regular basis. And um, Joseph, you had some really good insight into what makes something traditional within a, a family or within a group. Would you mind restating that? Sure. Um, you know, another word that you can use for tradition is a particular custom, but uh, what it is about them is that it separates you and your group from others around you. And it is something that binds you together um, where you have a commonality with each other, um, and that is a tradition. It doesn't necessarily have to be a ceremony or anything, but just something that you recognize as particularly yours, belonging to your group, something that you all share together. So, and I love that. I love I love the way that that um, uh, sounds because it fits directly in with some of the things that I consider to be traditions within our own family. Well, um, if it's if it's something that's Shared among all of us. Does bathwater count? Bathwater. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, it does. That is Ben. Ben, that is a perfect example. Why don't you elaborate on uh, that? I mean, I'm just I'm just saying. If I take that uh, definition, and I do, I wholeheartedly agree with what Joseph is saying, then bathwater with the Petzinger clan as our group was a tradition. Yeah. <laughs> The fact that we bathe being a tradition, that's something. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, okay, so what makes it traditional or what, what made it uh, a custom within the household is that we well, – it was Saturday night. Every Saturday yeah. night. Every Saturday Every night Saturday. was bath night. And I remember uh, I think we would we would get into the bathtub in a, uh, in, in a specific order. Uh, I don't remember what the order was off the top of my head, but one after the other, and you always dreaded being the last one in line. <laughs> Because you didn't let the bath water out, you know, it was just there to to be the collect all for all the dirt that we had uh, accumulated over the week. And um, then after the baths and we were all dried off, what did we do next? Well, we would get out of the bath and flex. I mean, that's what we did. Okay, got in that front was, of that, that mirror. Was, that was our game. We, <laughs> we would flex for each other. We would stand there in our towels and flex and pose in front of the mirror every week. Like, I mean, it was like clockwork. That's what we did. And when we were done and we're out of the bathroom, we would go into where the, that little black and white TV was and we'd sit down and, and, and watch Lawrence Welk. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, that's right. Later on, Dukes of Hazard was on. Yeah. That's right. And, and chips. You guys remember chips? Sure. Motorcycle cops? <laughs> Heck yeah! You guys are awesome. <laughs> but that was that was the Saturday night routine, and that happened like clockwork every Saturday. Yeah, I remember that. Yep, I remember. You know, I can speak for myself, not Ben, but getting into the bathtub and not being able to slide around on the bottom because it was so gritty. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I do not remember that. But, uh, <laughs> I don't ever remember trying to slide around on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You know, my thought was um, I don't even have to use soap because there's so much soap in the bath water already. So why <laughs> use soap? <laughs> I've since changed my thoughts, but, uh, you know. To be uh, uh, completely fair to the situation, we were in a – we're in a situation where water conservation was an absolute must. Yep. You know, we didn't have the best well, and uh, there were times when uh, water was just a scarce resource on our on our property, and so this was one way that we had of conserving that water. And I think we brought this up in a previous podcast, but, uh, and I think it was John you brought it up. What what exactly did we do with the bath water when we were done? We uh, we cupped it out, and well, we. We scooped it out with yeah. buckets and uh, collected it um, for the garden. That's right. Yeah. So uh, we did everything we could not to waste that water. So that's that's a tradition that I remember quite well. I mean, and and of course we did that on Saturday night because the following day was Sunday. Another very traditional activity for our family was church, going to church on Sunday mm-hmm. every week. Yeah. Um, and it was it was the same routine every week. Uh, you know that mad scramble to get everybody dressed in their in their you know best Sunday clothes. Then everybody piling into the beast. And uh, for anyone who's not familiar with what the beast is, I refer you to previous podcast car memories where we talk about the Chevy Suburban that we had that drove us all around. And we would head off to church. Not only that, James, but when we got to church, we had our row. Oh, that's we right. Had, we had our place where we sat in that chapel. I mean, that is, the, the Petzingers sat on this bench. Right. Yep. It was like four or five rows back from the front on the left, yeah, as I recall. 
Yeah, it was, uh, again, something very, very, I don't know, very, very routine in our lives. Something that you could count on. And then, of course, piling back into the car once church was done, driving back home, and then what? Every oh. week, what was the meal? TV dinner. Usually a salad. Oh, a salad. wait a minute. Yeah, a, a, a salad. A salad. Okay, a big, huge salad. Pizzas. TV dinners. And then there were TV dinners. Yeah, I guess we rotated through a couple of different uh, meals for a while. But yeah, homemade pizza with right. goat cheese, right. big chunks of hamburger. Mm-hmm. So we had the the homemade pizza. Yeah. I remember that. And then burger. The, the, then there was the salad. For a while, there were TV dinners after church. I remember that. Well, I yeah. think the point the point was that the Sunday meal was minimalist. It was there was not a whole lot of effort that went into it, and the, and. In some ways, that was uh, one way we looked at observing the Sabbath, which is don't make a big deal about a Sunday dinner. Right. I do remember the discussions on the way home from church were every week it was the same thing, haggling over who would have what job to do in lunch prep. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. Joseph, Joseph and I fought most over who got to grate the cheese. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I remember trying to grate the cheese. It's the easiest job. Yeah, it's, you, you're you're in and out. You're done. Right. Yep. And on those drives home, the, the tradition I also remember is we would we wouldn't undress, but ties would be off, shirts would be buttoned to a minimum, and, uh, <laughs> shoes would be shoes would be untied, laces tucked in, so that you could run in because we were not allowed to wear Sunday clothes after church. Right. I mean, it was just change your clothes, don't ruin them. Right. Yeah, we we would strip down as much as we could and still stay clothed. I remember that to this day. And, of course, the the traditional uh, salad dressing, which none of us must divulge publicly on this podcast because that is a Petzinger family recipe. Oh, it's an heirloom. That is an heirloom recipe that we will never, ever, ever tell. To this day, I still make that uh, uh, dressing, that sauce. And oh, yeah. <clears throat> I had some this afternoon. With Did you? With your broccoli. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's Good. it's a fantastic sauce, and uh, the recipe remains a Petzinger secret. We can't forget about after Sunday dinner or lunch, just naps. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone, comatose. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, right. And, man, if you woke up, the parents, you were in big trouble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was quiet time. The afternoon uh-huh. was spent quiet. Only time Dad relaxed. You know, that's a really that's good true. point. That's true. And I think that he really looked forward to that uh, that relaxing nap time. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, we, we, we started this uh, string of memories here and, and uh, traditions with that bath. Um, we all shared uh, the customary Petzinger hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Look at any one of those photographs from the past. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you would think that mom was trying to make a, a, a Petzinger hair blanket out of what she would gather from our heads. We we didn't have any locks. It was it was shaved and gone, and it was that was simple. Yep. I don't. I think mom did the right thing, having five boys in the summer with all the dirt and grime and stuff that we were getting ourselves into. She kept up that tradition for quite a while. The question I have for you guys is, at what age did you finally say, enough is enough, I have to have hair? (laughs) 
That was my whole life. Oh. And when I finally, when, when I could finally start growing it out, I did. But then shortly after, it started falling out. So it yeah, was, I don't think uh, I don't think I've ever stopped saying that. Yeah. Uh, in my case, it it backfired. I, oh, I gotta have hair, and and uh, <laughs> yeah. Now I'm you, I'm totally covered with it everywhere yeah, except covered. the top of my head. You know. <laughs> Perhaps, perhaps you should have been more specific, James. Yeah, <laughs> beware what you ask for. Uh, I will say though that um, when we went on those winter campouts, I was generally fairly warm. <laughs> Wooly mammoth. You know, I. But I, I'll say this: I, I'm very grateful for mom. And she she cut our hair pretty much all the way through high school, and and eventually she didn't just uh, buzz it short. She would take her time and give us really good haircuts. And yeah, you know, she mom worked hard. She worked hard, long hours, and uh, there were many yep. nights where we're just looking like uh, wookies. You know, just need a haircut, and uh, she would do it. It would be ten o'clock at night, whatever, and she would she would help us out and give us a haircut. So right. I was always I was always grateful for mom to cut my hair. I was, I'll admit, I was not grateful for it until I later on realized just, just how nice that was to not have to go somewhere to get that done. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just something that was done at home. I didn't realize the, the benefits to that until later. Another tradition was the, the monthly shopping trip. And, anyway. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I love that too. I thought it was the greatest thing, you know, and, and I had no reason to, to believe that there was another way to do it really. Other than the fact that after a while you realize, wait a minute, we're the only family in the store with five, (laughs) with five shopping carts in a, in a train piled high with groceries. Um, but yeah, that was a monthly thing. We would go to Safeway, um, it was, you know, usually a, I think it was a Friday night that we would do this, and that's when we bought all of the groceries for the following month. I remember because we would have show and tell on Fridays, and I would get in front of the class, and that was my that was my tell. I guess I'd go there. We're going shopping tonight for food, and you know, I remember one time. These kids in the class, I was like, we're going shopping for food tonight. And they're like, you told us that last time. <laughs> <laughs> and here, your teacher, your teacher's quickly writing down a note to Child Protective <laughs> Services. <laughs> Get food. Child welfare. Yeah. I, well, I we to this day, I love to go food shopping. I love it. I love going to the grocery store and, and buying food. I just It just brings back good memories, you know. Well, it was a it was a fun time, and uh, it, it was a fun time for me, being the smallest, because my place was always at the bottom of the cart, in that little uh, that little shelf on the bottom, and you know I I blacked yep. many many fingernails because I would just get curious and wonder if this hurts. I didn't know how many gallons of milk on top of me, and I'd get my fingers right under the wheel, you know, and uh, <laughs> just just a really. Curious kid, and I, I blackened a few fingernails that way. I, I remember the bubble gum machines, the the horse ride at the front of the store. I mean, it was a it was an amusement park for us. Right. It was, it was yeah. Out. That was Shopping. an event. It was an event. 
And okay, okay. so do you guys remember getting your treat? That's right. Oh, yeah. 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 We all got, got a treat. treat. Yeah. What was what was your treat? I would always yogurt. get um, yogurt. I would get I would get a cup of I would get the, uh, the 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 yogurt with the fruit on top. I thought that was so good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember just, getting uh, I remember getting cottage cheese. I would get cottage cheese. For me, that was <laughs> out of this world to have cottage cheese. <laughs> a whole a whole cottage cheese container to yourself. I would scramble through well, the bags I, on the way home and open it up in the car and start digging it as cottage cheese. With <laughs> <laughs> your bare hands. Uh, uh, it's so good. I'd scoop it with a lid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember the bags of uh, Cheetos would yeah, be right. gone almost, I think, by the time we got home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A bag of Cheetos was, was always yeah. a, a favorite treat. Um, but, yeah. Then, All right. You go get uh, one treat. Everybody gets one treat. Go wild for that. And during the week, we would eat uh, oatmeal. And then on Saturday, especially Saturday, we could have, uh, I remember being called fun cereals, where we could eat something like cornflakes or, if we were lucky, uh, Lucky Charms or something like that. Yeah. Right. You remember that? Oh, yeah. That was oh, the yeah. day. That was like, yeah, no much. Yep, Friday and Saturday we got uh, fun cereal. That was a big. Uh, that was a big treat. Along with Saturday morning breakfasts, you couldn't just sit anywhere on that table. That's another family tradition. We bartered, negotiated, traded, and muscled our way into certain seats around the table. You couldn't right. just sit what anywhere. Value. I, I don't. I'm, yeah, that's that's kind of funny, isn't it? Because I don't. What What was the difference between sitting? On one side of the table and the other, Does, who remembers that? Well, it's, it had everything to do with where the TV was. Oh. With the TV sitting on the stove, you wanted a seat where you didn't have to crane your neck to watch TV when you were sitting down at the at the table. You also didn't want to be at the corner where that one leg was never attached. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Under the leg. <laughs> Oh. You, didn't, you didn't. You didn't want to be responsible for holding up the entire you know, <laughs> supper when that leg decided to kick out. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Someone would lean on it, or a heavy. Someone would lean on it, and the the table would kind of shift upward, and the leg would fall over. Right. right. So, something like that. Right. Yeah. Well, and one good course, thing about the table was, if you spilled something, you didn't have to worry about it going off the edge. It would all pool towards the center of the table. <laughs> it was in sections, but you couldn't really pull it apart. It was like glued by a decade of whatever it was that had been on the table. <laughs> we can't we can't discuss the table and and do it justice by not talking about the Grand Petzinger Summit when the the gauntlet was set down. <laughs> Ah uh, yes. yes, and, and I'm I'm gonna James. I have to turn this over to you. I think this has to do with you, but the conversation got it tense. It got very it very tense, and it, we usually it was didn't prom. have. Yeah, it's curfew, curfew and prom, James. Curfew and prom. You, yeah, you were trying to blaze a trail, and I don't think you were doing a very good job at it. Well, <laughs> the problem was that um, it was being it was being dictated. Dad was dictating. That I had to be home by I don't know sometime, which I don't know was probably around midnight or something, and that oh, was not the problem. No, 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 that was not the problem. 
I could be home, uh, you know, by midnight. That was not the problem. The problem was, and this wasn't prom. This was uh, uh, when I started dating. His rule was I had to get my date home by 10. And I had already set up the date that that we were going to go to dinner and then we were going to go see a movie. The movie starts at 9 o'clock. There's no way I can watch the movie in its entirety with my date and have her home at the same time by 10 o'clock, if that's the rule. And so that was, I believe, the root of the argument. That was why everything was so tense, because I was trying with all my might to explain that this is an unreasonable, a very unreasonable rule to put in place on the day that I'm going on my date. Why didn't you tell me this in advance so that I wouldn't have set it up so that, that we're planning to go see a movie. And so that brings us to the table because I don't know why everybody is sitting around the table for this conversation, but we all were. Everybody was, you know, listening in on this and dad threw down the gauntlet. And I believe that he thought that this was the, this was going to be the nail in the discussion that this was going to end it all. And he said, as long as your feet are under my table, you will follow my rules. <laughs> and, and as if choreographed and rehearsed and without any prior knowledge of, of what we would do if something like that had ever been said, all of us simultaneously turned in our chairs <laughs> So that our feet were no longer under the table. Yep. It was like one movement, too. It was perfect. This was like the the Cuban Missile Crisis for us. I think think Mom Mom was out of her chair laughing. Mom was laughing so hard. And Dad, who had up to that point been extremely frustrated and upset... Even he could not deny the humor of the situation, and he started cracking up. He, he actually, yeah, I remember he actually laughed. He laughed and showed teeth. He never showed teeth when he was laughed, and he actually showed teeth, and yeah. he was laughing. Oh, wow. That was, yeah, that was something else. And it didn't change, it didn't change his no, stand on things. Didn't change anything. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a good laugh over it. Uh, but it did but, it did make for a really really uh, fun moment. It's a, it is a fun moment, and we ate dinner together at that table. That's true. As, as a family, we That's sat true. down at the same time and we ate dinner, and it was a free for all. That Petzinger tradition has stuck with me. It was a free-for-all. You'd better get it down your throat quick before <laughs> it runs out. Get your share and then uh, fight over it. That's how that's how dinner was. Yep. Truly uh, truly one of the things that we did always, and that was, was eat as a family. If I mean, there were times when someone couldn't be there for whatever reason, but uh, there was never this scattered, you know, eat this or eat when – you know, ad hoc type of scenario. Speaking of that, I think it was something that developed later on in in all of our lives. But um, having the, the the conversations around the dinner table, um, and I remember this as I got older. But you know, especially 
and I, I hadn't realized it its uniqueness until uh, my wife Angie brought it up, and she couldn't believe how we would just sit and relax and eat our dinner and talk while we were eating, not with food in our mouth, but we would talk and have deep conversations about any number of topics, but we would just end. We're all very respectful of each other's opinions and let each other talk, and we just our meals would last an hour and a half sometimes. Yeah. That's true. Some of those conversations just were very, very interesting. Um, yeah. I, I, I'll be the first one to admit I don't think that this podcast would even be possible if we didn't have that, uh, you know, that, that tradition, that background in our past – uh, that allows us to to converse this way. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't just normal conversation either. There was a lot of getting up and out of chairs and acting it out. Whatever the story was, I mean, there was theatrics involved too. Yeah. Where, you know, there was just full out physical. I'm going to tell you this story and I'm going to show you this story too. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That's right. Now that didn't happen every time, but it happened a lot. A lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I usually remember it spiraling into uh, the topic of bodily functions, and that's when <laughs> that's when mom would intervene. <laughs> yeah, it usually that's the direction it usually would take. Well, when you start running out of of uh, intelligent things to say, yeah, that's, that's right. right. A good fart joke is always the next good thing. Good fart joke. Yeah. You gotta, gotta put it in there. <laughs> do, do you remember? Do you remember though when the conversations would get long and Mom would sit there and I don't think she has narcolepsy or anything, but she would fall asleep standing up. Yeah, she just sit, she'd be there just sitting at the table and she'd be dead asleep sitting there in her chair while yeah. we're still going full force with our conversations and our theatrics and and we'd be laughing and sometimes we'd be laughing so loud and she'd be there asleep and then all of a sudden she'd start laughing in the middle of her sleep. <laughs> and and so we'd look at this and that would make us laugh even harder because we're watching her laugh at our laughter and then we'd get quiet and then we'd, on cue, we'd laugh real loud and then she'd start laughing. You know, in her sleep. Couldn't get enough of that. Yeah. And then it would be about, okay, this is good, this is going to be fun. <laughs> That was fun. <laughs> you know, I don't, she always had a grin on her on her face when she fell asleep too. Yeah, her head would kind of go down. She'd have a grin on her face. Yeah. Even why? I don't think mom ever made it through a movie. As soon as the sun went down, if a movie was playing, I don't think she made it through. Well, Joseph, mom, mom loved to hear your jokes because she could never remember. I mean, you had some of the most terrible jokes. <laughs> I could, I could tell her the same joke every week. <laughs> It was great. I had a permanent audience. <laughs> oh. Maybe she was just humoring me. I don't know. Well, one one thing we also all did together was uh, we would say our family prayers together. That That's was, right. That was, that was very, very important to mom and dad, that we we would hold hands and we would say our family prayers together. Yep. And yeah. especially yep. you know, in, in the mornings, I remember that, because it was so hard to... to to coordinate everyone's movements throughout the house as they got ready for school. But we didn't go through that door without our prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, David, you just said, it. I don't care how upset we were with each other. We always hugged each other and no matter how old we were. And you know what? We still hug each other when we see each other. That, yep. I don't, I don't, I guess, I guess I take that for granted. 
that that's just what we did and that's what we still do. We see each other, we give each other a hug. Yeah, that is actually very unique when I look back on it because we never left the house in the mornings without giving everybody a hug. And and mom and dad, you know, you gave them a hug and a kiss, and it wasn't a kiss on the cheek. You know, you gave mom and dad a kiss on the lips, you know, and and that's uh, – you know, you just didn't think anything of it then, but now you, you know, we're older and you just don't see that. Well, not, not too often. It's one of those things that's precious in that we can look back on it and just understand how rare it was um, and how – what a beautiful thing that was to have in our household. Mm. Um, what a beautiful, you know, custom for us to, to have that. Uh, and at the same time, I, I can't help but think back on last week's podcast and wonder, you know what? <laughs> it's probably a darn good thing that we had those regular prayers morning and night all the time. <laughs> 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 those close calls could have been something else. That's so true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now, some sometimes when people think traditions, they think holidays and whatnot. And it's it's not as though we didn't have holiday traditions. Uh, I think one of the more uh, regular holiday traditions we had was the trek to Salt Lake City. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I I don't I don't know that there were any Christmases that we missed. If there if there were, I don't remember them. But Christmas in our household was. Literally twofold. We had Christmas at the house in Idaho, generally a little bit early, and uh, we would open up our gifts uh, uh, that we had there. And then the next day, we were piling into the beast, packing everything in there, and headed to Salt Lake to go visit, you know, Opa and Oma, grandparents there, and our cousins to again celebrate Christmas down at uh, Opa and Oma's house. Mm-hmm. We always always visited Grandpa and Grandma Everingham on the way. Oh, that's right. We 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 would stop there for stew. I remember always oh, it was, yeah. it was oh, that good, beef too. stew, just uh, so good. Oh and, yeah. And uh, we would we would stop there and we'd sit and and Mom would just talk forever with Grandpa and Grandma Everingham, and we would sit and watch TV. Uh, at least that's that's what I remember. And then you know around. Usually around six, we would we would leave Mountain Home and head for Salt Lake in earnest. And I don't remember as a child getting to Salt Lake City during the day. No. It was always at around midnight. Midnight to three a.m. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. somewhere around there, and and it was kind of special for me. I I enjoyed that because you'd come over. It's like that last rise or whatever down into Salt Lake City, going over that that uh, that overpass, and there was a temple all lit up at night. And so that was the first thing we saw. Well, the first thing was the refinery, but the you know that was just awesome to see the temple there and drive past it and go up into the avenues to Opa and Oma's. And what what yeah. what you, what was the routine when we got there? We would ring that that little manual doorbell. Yep, and, and then wait for the sound, the sound of shuffling feet. Yep, and then there was always the embrace, the hugs, and Opa always drenched in sweat. Always, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was always always, always like he, sweaty. It was, well, they slept under these these 
R, this this uh, down comforter with an R value of like 48 with insulation. <laughs> it, just... it was a pillow, two feet thick and like five feet wide and seven feet long. It was all down. And that yeah. was, and it didn't, summer, winter, that's what they slept under. Yeah. And he, oh. yeah, drenched in sweat. And then we would eat something. Omar yeah, would go did. in the kitchen. Whatever she had yeah, fixed at five o'clock in the afternoon for us. She would just, it would be on the stove ready, and she'd just turn the stove on and warm it up, and we'd eat it. And then we'd eat some Twinkies. Yeah, heart, heartburn be damned. We were in that kitchen eating at 3 a.m. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, of course, yeah. the uh, the opening of, of gifts uh, yes. for Christmas was not on Christmas morning. Uh, yeah, nope. We did that on, on the evening Christmas before, Eve. Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd all sit around uh, and, um, you know, uh, dad or <clears throat> what well, was usually dad would read the the story from the Gospels of the birth of Christ. And uh, then he would insist on singing Christmas carols. Uh, I think he took a tremendous amount of pleasure in prolonging the reading and the singing for as long as he possibly could until we yeah. were all ready to just explode because we knew we wanted to get those presents open and he was he would just drag it out and drag it out and then finally we would get into the the uh, opening of the gifts and it was a, it was a multifamily affair because the cousins were there and and um, we were there and there were just lots of presents to go around that was always very that was always something I, I looked forward to it was a lot of fun yeah and and Dad would be playing the piano always for the that little little Christmas tree that they had uh, up on Oma. I don't know how to describe it. It wasn't. It was, a, it was some sort of almost like a fern like <laughs> slash Charlie, Charlie Brown. Yeah, it was always decorated. Nice little decoration yeah. on it or something. I I ended up killing that tree. I tried to plant it outside. That tree, with all those years of tradition, I killed it in one fail swoop of <laughs> transplanting it outside. Oh, that's too bad. It didn't handle the temperature too well. How <laughs> do you sleep at night? <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't feel bad if it's any consolation. I felt terrible. But <laughs> uh, Dad had the uh, tradition that kind of uh, crept into our family. Of uh, on New Year's we would have sauerkraut and sausage on New Year's Eve. Yep, that was yeah. kind of yeah. a, if we could stay Every up late year. enough, that's what we would eat. Yeah. That's right, sauerkraut, sausages, and again, uh, maybe it's a German thing, but uh, you know we're going to endure massive heartburn at the at the. <laughs> on this holiday because, well, that's just what we're going to do. Well, that's that's one I still do, actually. Really? Yep. Do you still do the sauerkraut? And, uh, I, I still do the sauerkraut and sausage each New Year's. If, yeah, if I can uh, if I can stay up that late and if I can find the right kind of sausage, that's what I'll do. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Well, that, that brings up an interesting uh, topic. How many of the traditions that we remember are still, still preserved, that we're still uh, carrying with us? I open presents on Christmas Eve still, if I can. I, mean, I like doing that. It feels right. It doesn't quite feel right opening them up on Christmas morning, any, to me, anyway. In, in our family, we have Santa Claus presents, and then we have presents from each other. 
And so on Christmas Eve, we do the Chris, we do the presents from each other, and it's it's uh, you know, we do the whole uh, the the Christmas story and and everything, and uh, it's a very it's a very nice atmosphere. We're playing nice Christmas music, and. You know, it's it's the gift you thought about and wanted to give to that person, and so we do that Christmas Eve, and then Christmas morning we wake up and there's, you know, just kind of you know fun gifts from Santa Claus. It's been a long-standing tradition in our household. <clears throat> uh, on Sundays when we get back from church, we have pizza, mm. Um, mm. just because it's so easy. You know, you just you just throw it in there, cook it up, and um, it takes very little preparation, and it's just one of those things that uh, I've uh, pulled down. And the special sauce every week. Yeah. I don't. I don't make a salad. I just dip my pizza in the special sauce now. Goes well with pizza. Oh, it does. And um, <clears throat> so that's been that. That that tradition is still maintained. I will. I have to admit, though, I can't do the sauerkraut and sausages on on New Year's. Uh, I don't like starting out the new year cramped up on the john the following day. <laughs> hey, do any yeah. of you still um boil artichokes? Oh yeah. Yeah. You bet. Artichokes. Yeah. <clears throat> we had those we had those a few months ago. Mom mom came to visit and we had artichokes. It was uh, it was incredible. So good. Yeah. Oh, another one of those items for which the special sauce is an absolute must. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's not the how, same without know. it. No, no. A special sauce makes it artichokes uh, worthy. This may be a stretch, but uh, I'm, I'm way off topic here, but something popped into my mind. Firewood is a tradition uh, that I think we could talk about a little bit. I mean, just the fact that our house was not heated on anything other than firewood for the longest time. We had some baseboard electric heat, but it was a Petzinger tradition to go get wood. Yeah. Those, three, those three words were just, before you could even speak, it was, well, let's go get wood. Yeah. And uh, that's what we did. We heated that house on firewood, and it wasn't just any firewood. It was usually recycled from some barn that we had dismantled over the summer. Yeah. But... Uh, Every morning, every afternoon coming home from school, every night, it was tradition. That's right. One of these um, one of these podcasts that I have, um, you know, conceptualized for the future is entitled Chores, and I think that firewood will play a big part in that particular podcast. Um, but you're right. That was a that was one thing that was absolutely an everyday. Uh, part of life, at least while it was cold in the wintertime, late mm-hmm. fall. To this day, when when uh, when I go shopping, uh, if the kids are with me, it's like, okay, go get a treat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. One treat. One treat. Go get one treat. And, of course, they come back with the largest possible bag of who knows what <laughs> that they can possibly find. And, yeah. To this day, if uh, and it's rare, but to this day, if I actually step into a fast food place like a, whatever, it doesn't matter a burger joint, and it is so rare. If I get myself a burger and fries and sit down, that it to me is a huge treat, and it's you know, everybody does it every day. But to me, because I still associate fast food, I associate hamburgers and fries with that 
you know, once a month or once every other month, dad would take us, dad and mom would take us all to Wendy's and we were That's allowed to get a burger Wendy's. and fries. Wendy's. That's right. And I still associate I fast food, I associate it with that. And so when I, it, it, it hasn't left me. It's like the biggest deal to me to this day of all things, fast food. I'd rather have a burger and fries than most any sit-down restaurant meal to this day. <laughs> yeah, because it was such a departure from our regular menu. Yeah. It was truly, I mean, that was eating out. Yeah. And I, I, oh yeah, that, that was, that's a fantastic uh, example of something that we, that we would call tradition because when dad would announce, okay, we're going to Wendy's. Oh, oh yeah. That was, oh, we were, <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't just the anticipation I, of yeah. driving there and can you please drive faster? <laughs> yeah, but there were two there were two points to that trip that always conflicted me. The first one is I would place an order and dad would grab my hand and he would he would examine my fingers and he would squeeze he would squeeze my finger, not not pull my finger, mind you. Yeah, no, he, would, he would squeeze That's always my dangerous. finger. Yeah, no, he knew better than to pull any of our fingers, but he would squeeze <laughs> it and he would say, hmm. I think you need to eat a few more hamburgers before you can order that big of a hamburger. <laughs> and his, that his, was his answer to everything. Yeah, his circular stream of logic confounded me as a child. <laughs> so, well, that's what I'm trying to do. He's like, well, I don't think you can because you haven't eaten enough. You're not big enough. And the only way you can get bigger is to eat more of those big burgers. I, I, I was at a loss. And I, I, he... I mess with my I mess with my kids today. I love doing that. I love confusing them and making them think. It I know it frustrates my dear wife, but I think I took that lesson and it stuck with me. And the other thing that was conflicting is Dad was a, he would always order the cup of chili, and what would he do with that chili? Oh, he pour water in it. He would put water in the chili. I, I just I, oh, Dad, what are Dad. you doing? Not at the restaurant, Dad. Not at the restaurant. You can do it at home, but not in public. Come on. Oh. Uh, always chili soup. Chili soup. <laughs> uh, yep. Every time. Oh, that's so right. I remember that. Yeah, we really looked forward to that. That was a that was a big deal. It was a main event. And uh, I remember the first time he let me order a double. Did they had a single, a double, and a triple? I remember the first time I ordered a double. I was like, "Can I get a double?" Yeah. Wow, a double! It was awesome. Does anyone remember Freaky Friday? The TV show? Yeah, Friday nights, late night. The old oh, creature feature. The, creature feature. Yeah. Yeah, I remember creature feature. I was just talking about that. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Old black Friday night. Uh, we'd stay up pretty late and watch those. That's right. We would all camp yeah, out, like... camp out in the in the the living room, uh, you know, sleeping bags, sleeping bags, and blankets, watching Creature Feature for as long as you could stand it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Depending on depending on what type of a movie it was, if it was one of those big giant insects attacking villages type of movies, uh, we could handle that. But some of the movies were pretty freaky, and uh, I do remember that. That was kind of a, like a weekly tradition. We'd We'd look forward to freaking ourselves out on Friday nights. Yeah. <laughs> well, one tradition that, that um, Dad was really good at, and and to this day, <clears throat> very thankful for, is 
it would annoy us to no end. But um, if there was something going on, he would take a photograph. You know, yes. he, would, he would. He'd put everything on hold. He'd just say, "Okay, stop. Just hold on." And he'd go get his camera, and he would take pictures. And that was one of those things that uh, he did that, at the time, was like I said, very annoying. And oh, come on, can't we get this over with? Why do we have to take these pictures and all that? But I look back at it now, and I am so grateful that he had the 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 forethought, the presence of mind to preserve those moments in time on film like he did. And it was always the same. I was always annoyed, um, but he was always insistent, and I'm so glad that he was. You know, it's, it's, it's funny you mention that, but uh, I remember when Andrew and I got married, and of course he was out there with his camera, and he was just snapping pictures left and right, and he was following us back to our car, and... Again, I was annoyed that there was Dad, again, taking all of these pictures. And you know what? The only pictures we have of that day that are worth anything are the pictures that he took. All the other pictures were just – the professional pictures were terrible. I totally understand what you're saying, James. I mean that was just awesome. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things that I I, – I think I need to do a better job of reintroducing that tradition in my own family. I don't think I take enough pictures. And it's so much easier now to take a photograph than it was back then. So much easier to get a good photograph now than it was back then. Uh, We're not using cameras that were built in the 19th century. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) That's... That Leica camera was one of a kind. And I'm not laughing because it was a a piece of garbage. It It was a piece of uh, Art. It was a finely tuned piece of equipment that Leica was, and he he knew all the twenty different gauges and knobs to turn to get it just right. Yep. So I think I will do a better job of of uh, following that particular tradition in my own household. Yeah, I do okay with that. There's hardly any pictures of me, and that's what I've noticed. Um, you know, when you go through pictures, uh, there are very few pictures of Dad. And because he's always behind the camera, right? Very few, and it's it's kind of the same with me. It's hard to find any pictures of me. It's just of uh, just all of the kids. He 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 knew he had a project though. That was his project. That was his. You know, we we were a big uh, we were a big project he was working on. All of us. So he was documenting it. I think in a way. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. And I think that this is a perfect place to um, uh, bring our podcast to a close for the evening. Um, I, uh, I'm glad that we talked about this topic because it makes me feel like, you know what? Am I creating traditions in my own household that my kids are going to remember? Are they going to be able to look back on on the household that I have and say, yeah, I remember when we used to do this and I remember when we used to do that. And uh, I think it's important for us to be conscious and aware of the impact that these things that we do will have on our kids and our posterity going forward. So this has been a very important conversation for me. You know, I I thought about that too as we were talking, you know, what, what are Angie and I doing with our children? Are we creating traditions because some traditions will tear you apart. Um, are we creating traditions that 
are giving our children something to hold on to, to look back on with fondness, and bring them together and give them something that they can draw strength from, where they have something in common. And are my kids going to be able to sit, you know, 20 years from now together and reminisce with fondness about things that happened in their lives? All the conditions we talked about today had continuity in our family, yeah. every one of them. Yeah, pretty much, especially the food shopping. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Again, uh, thanks a lot. I look forward to doing this again with you, and we'll call it an evening. So good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.